welcome to the Confident Like a Mother podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Norwood, a wife, mom of two, a life coach, and a counselor. But above all these titles, I'm a human who is so passionate about helping other moms feel alive and confident. My mission with this podcast is to help you, the human, reconnect with yourself and your identity beyond being a mom. On this show, I'll share moments and stories and interviews and expert strategies to manage your mindset and take small action until you are living a life that you are so obsessed with. I feel that becoming a woman who is happy and peaceful and confident is the most inspiring thing we can do for ourselves. One of my favorite things to watch is other women win, including you. Welcome to the show. What is up, girlfriend? Welcome back to a new episode and a new week of Confident Like a Mother. How are we doing? I ask that all the time. Like, you guys are really answering. I hope you're driving in your car like, yeah, fucking great. I hope that's what's going on. Um, And I hope that you're, like, heading into this new holiday season. You can definitely, like, feel a shift, like, we're transitioning into the holidays. And I hope that you're entering in with so much confidence and, like, fuck yeah, I got it going on. And if you're not, that's okay, too. But you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode all the way through because I know that it'll be so applicable to maybe what you need to hear this week or maybe what you need to hear today in particular. And what I'm talking about is taking care of yourself. And it means so many different things for all the women, for all the moms out there. But when I'm talking about prioritizing yourself and taking care of yourself, I'm so often asked like... What do you do, Caitlin? How do you take care of yourself? And I'm talking even well beyond, like, for the purpose of today's episode in particular, I'm talking about doing the growth work, doing that inner work on yourself in order to grow and become even more confident and feeling better and alive and just even more self aware. And a lot of times when I'm on consult with new clients or potential clients, I'm often asked, like, why do this? And like, why do the inner work? What's the purpose? Like, it's too much. I don't want to look back at my past. And it's a really great question to ask, especially when you're planning on investing your time and working with a coach and your money and working with a coach. It's kind of like asking yourself the question, like, why do you exercise? Well, there for me personally, there's so many reasons as to why I exercise. And not only does it align with what my core values are is to be a healthy person, but honestly, there's so many health benefits to exercising and moving my body every single day, including like relieving stress and reducing tension in my body, fueling my confidence and my self-love. And we know that a body in motion stays in motion. And my ass plans to be in motion for a really long time. I don't know about you, but it's something that it feels really good for me. So I know that movement is just like a non-negotiable. And the same is true for doing the inner work on yourself. It's like taking care of yourself, but taking care of the stuff that's happening on the inside with all of your emotions and the things in your brain. And just like exercising and just like cleaning your house, it's not something that you do just once and then like, oh, you're happy, you're all done. And like, you never have to think about it again. I mean, although I wish that it was true for house cleaning, it's it's definitely not true for doing the inner growth or the inner work that requires you to have like a deep level of self-awareness. And I mean, I wish that it was true, but it's only part of it. So like, just say, for example, you're reading new books to learn more about yourself. You're participating in therapy, or maybe you're started journaling or a meditation practice, or you're starting to listen to a lot more different podcasts or audiobooks, and you're consuming in all this information and you have all this new input, which is great. 
And then there's this other part that requires you to practice it, to actually put it into practice. And as you know, maybe it's for you, it's practicing your inner work or doing inner work. Maybe it's like once a week, or maybe it's a few times a week, or maybe for you, like it is for me, it's every single day. You make it part of your routine, just like your movement activity or your movement rituals or your exercising practice, whatever you want to call it. They can go hand in hand. And I I think that there's so many benefits and I've experienced so many benefits to doing this kind of work. I think about doing this inner kind of work as this really great magnifier for all the empowerment that I want to feel. For example, knowing that I could change any situation or solve any problem with just looking at my thoughts and how I feel, it's such an amazing skill. And it's definitely something that I believe that all women, especially moms, should know how to do. So if you're new here and you don't know this, you've never heard me say this, I teach from a place of knowing that our thoughts create how we feel. And I believe this to be true, which means there's really nothing outside of you that creates how you feel. Yet I feel like a lot of us have been conditioned, myself included, it's our circumstances that create how we feel. So just think of like, we think that what's happening outside of us in our world, like what happens with our kids, what happens in your marriage, what happens with you know um, your job, we think that those things create how we feel. But in actuality, it's not. Doing the inner work actually allows you to take a pause and see that it's really your thoughts about those circumstances or about the situations that you find yourself in. The thoughts are actually what's creating how you feel. So I talk a lot about doing this inner work, right? And make reference to it, doing this inner work or how coaching has really changed my life. And it's sort of this language that I hear with a lot of other people that are also doing this type of work. And I find that the quote work is only understood if you have experience with it. Otherwise, if you're like on the outside or are new here or aren't familiar with like personal development or self-awareness or doing this type of work, it's almost like doing the inner work is what I like to refer to as a cloud concept. And for me, a cloud concept is just like a cloud. You know that it's there, but when you try to get close to it and we try to understand it and we try to touch it, it's very elusive, which is probably the reason why a lot of people aren't doing the work because you don't know where to go. You don't know where to start. Again, it's this like elusive concept, this cloud concept. So in today's episode, I want to take a step back and talk about what doing the inner work actually means. What does it really mean? And I think whether you are new here, and if you are new, welcome, or whether you've been here for a while, I think that it's worth taking a step back and really deepening our understanding of what the inner work actually is. Today's episode, I'm going to break it all down, what the inner work is, why it's so important, and how to know if it's actually really working for you and how to know if you're trying things and it's not working. So when I'm talking about doing this inner work, I'm probably going to say that a bajillion times in this episode, I'm talking about what is happening within you, within your mind, your brain, and within your body. So those are the two components to doing the work. It's first your mind, which is simply your thoughts. It's your mindset. It's how you talk to yourself, or how you speak about yourself. It's what hap- what's happening in your brain, like the thoughts that you're having. And that's part of it. And then the second component is your body. And it's what's happening in your feelings. It's the energy that you feel. It's the tension that you feel. It's like the emotions that manifest in your body. Those are the two components. And as I'm talking about taking care of yourself by doing this growth work, I'm really talking about understanding the tango or the dance that is between your mind and your body. And when you can really fully understand this or have a good handle on understanding this, then you're really grooving. So let's take it a step further. It's not 
just simply thinking about, okay, what am I thinking or what am I feeling? And then let me just like change those things. When you are fully taking care of yourself and you're entrenched in this work, it's really about who you're becoming every single day. For example, like what's your identity beyond being a mom? What's your personality like? And do you like that personality? Maybe considering some of the challenges that you're facing and how can you use this inner work to solve those challenges, you know? And how could you show up in really, really hard moments, in really, really hard moments of your marriage or your partnership? Or how could you show up? Or how do you want to show up in really hard moments in your parenting or just really hard moments in your life? What types of reactions do you want to have? What types of actions do you want to be taking or maybe not taking? And all of these stem from what's happening in your mind and in your body. So when doing this inner work with my clients, what we really look at is what's your default mindset? What's your default emotions that you automatically go to? So when you think about defaults, like where does your mind always go if you weren't thinking about it, if you weren't using mindfulness? What emotion do you always jump to like at your baseline? Is it stress? Is it overwhelming? Is it frustration? Is it annoyance? As part of this work, we use mindfulness to bring awareness to all that's happening within you. And what's happening in your mind? What's happening in your body? What's happening in this present moment? And when you have this increased awareness of your thoughts and your feelings, and you kind of understand what's going on, then you get to decide if you want to change them or not. But it's really a journey to get to that point. And I think one of the biggest things I want to highlight is that one, it's a journey to get to be able to do this like on your own as as your default. And then two, I think it's really important for us to consider us to look at what's really going on within us and without shame and without judgment. And I mean, it sounds so easy, right? Like, oh, I won't shame or judge myself, but it's actually pretty hard to do. And the reason why this is so hard is because just like as humans, as human species, we are like inherently moral. We want to be good. We want to do well. We want, and sometimes what we find when we are examining what's happening internally, we're like, oh shit, that's too crazy to look at. Like, I don't want to look over there. And then we feel some type of way about it. We feel that some things are maybe too cringy to look at, or they're too hard to face head on. And maybe it's too hard for us to admit that we're comparing ourselves to other people or that we think that other people are doing it better than us. So we don't look at all. So what we do instead is we just avoid it. We don't even look. But the first step to doing this work on yourself is being willing to be brave. It's being willing to go there and look at all of the things without judgment. And it's definitely a skill that I continue to work on literally every single day. And I didn't even know that I was doing this. Like I had no idea that some thoughts that I was having underneath the surface were really stemming from me judging myself. And I was attaching a lot of meaning to not being able to do things to like my own worth. And I have to tell all of my listeners, being able to do this first step, being willing to like look at things without any judgment, which is very hard to do. And again, something that I continuously work on. And if I'm being totally honest, I think that this one skill has created the largest space for contentment in myself and in my life. So for that reason, I think it's totally worth doing. And then it's from this place of awareness that you get to see really clearly where you are right now, but also get to decide who you want to be in the future, which makes me think about a lot of questions that I get asked being both a therapist and a coach. I think one of the biggest differences with therapy is that therapy teaches us to look back in our past and recall things that have happened and how they're influencing our future. And I think that that can be helpful sometimes, but with coaching, it's so different. It's very different, right? It's like learning how to coach your brain into being present, into mindfulness, which is 
knowing what's happening right now in this present moment that's going on mind and body right now. And what I love most about coaching is it allows you to dream. It allows you to create the things that you desire. So you may be even considering some things like, who do you want to be in the future? What do you want in your life? What do you want to create? What do you not want in your life? And this requires a lot of thinking on purpose. And part of doing this work and part of taking care of yourself is creating a lot of space in your life to think on purpose rather than like skirting around things or avoiding thoughts or having judgment about yourself or having certain thoughts. That's not what it is. The work is includes diving into those thoughts without any shame or judgment. And also what I want every listener to take away from this is that I know that setting up the time and the money to invest in a coach to do this work, I know that it's a challenge. It's not only a challenge for my clients and future clients, but it's a challenge for myself too. But I know that at this stage in my life, my life is really, really full, but in the best way possible. I know from personal experience, if I don't set up time to care for myself and to like continue working on myself, I'm going to like show up in the world as this like, unhinged individual, like kind of a hot mess, mentally unhealthy, and probably just like doing things that I know don't align with like who my future self is. And that's why it's really important for me to like set up the time and intentionally on purpose care for myself no matter what, because it's really not just about changing your thoughts and it's not just about changing how you feel like separate. No, they tangle. Like I said earlier, they intermingle and they both interact together to create your lived experience. So for example, there's no such thing as just like changing your thoughts without changing your feelings. And there's no just changing your feelings without changing your thoughts. So it's really both. And again, a lifetime of continued work in order to be able to like managing the both of them. And so I've been taught a specific method and how I do this. And I teach my clients a specific method as to how to do this, but it's not like, okay, I know how to do it. And then you don't ever have to practice it. You don't ever have to implement it. It would be like saying like, okay, in first grade, I've learned how to read now. I'm done. I'm done reading. No, like you read all the time. You read all the time to learn. You you learn new information you practice reading, you practice learning new words and ideas. It's never like, oh, I never have to read again because I learned how to do it when I was like in the first grade. The same is true for doing inner work. It's not like, oh, I know the concept. I know how to do it. I've done it one time. I've mastered it. Okay, moving on next. No, that is like not how it works. There's no shortcuts to doing the inner work. The best way that I can show this to you is using my parallel example that I always use, which is like in weight loss or like, you know, adopting a new lifestyle. It's kind of like people saying like, oh, all I have to do is like work out to lose weight. And all I have to do was like move my body to lose weight. And you're like, yeah, that's it. Right. But there's way more to it than that. And the same is true for doing the inner work. It's much more than just like looking at your thoughts and, or looking at your feelings. And here's what I want to point out though. One thing that doing the work is not is just like taking action and then like not even considering your own thoughts and your own feelings about a specific situation that you're in. And like, this is bringing up my dad. And so if you know me in real life, my dad had weight loss surgery, uh, I'd say probably, I don't know, nine months ago. He had it in April. And he's such a good example of looking at 
doing the work that it requires to like maintain something or to really fully change your thoughts and ideas about something requires you to look at your thoughts and your feelings. It doesn't just require you to take an action. So for example, if he had just done the weight loss surgery without doing any therapy beforehand or without really committing to it beforehand, um, I don't know if he would have maintained his weight loss this far. And you see it a lot of times with people that do the weight loss surgery is that they just take action without doing of the inner thought work or emotional work. And the problem with that is, is that you try to make like a big change from an action. And what I know about transformation work is that you don't truly transform yourself just by doing an action. You truly transform when you can really change your thoughts and your feelings about that specific situation or about that specific circumstance. And to highlight the biggest difference between changing your actions versus changing your thoughts and feelings is that the change or the transformation that you're seeking happens at the root, which is like how you're thinking about yourself and how you're thinking about the circumstance. And then what happens to follow is you end up changing your actions anyways. But if you just jump to changing your actions without even considering your thoughts and or feelings about it, the deeper problem will always remain and it'll just show up in a different way. And I'm thinking about it like this visual that I'm creating in my head is like, think about a table that has four legs and where the table is placed right now, the table is very wobbly. So maybe one of the actions that you take would be to shove a little thin book underneath the wobbly side. And then for right now, it seems fixed. But then when you move that table to another place and the table is still wobbly, and then maybe you trim down the leg or something and the next place that you move the table to, it's still really wobbly. And the table will continuously be wobbly no matter where you put it in different circumstances or in different environments because you haven't fixed the root cause. And maybe when you look at the table, the root cause is that the all four legs are in different shapes and they're in different lengths and that's how they started. And that is where you need to start doing the work so that the root cause of the problem actually gets looked at and fixed. Okay, okay, we just went left with that visual, but if I'm bringing it back to the weight loss example that I was just giving previously is trying to make a big change from your actions won't actually change who you are becoming or who you are trying to be. And the truth is it doesn't work because when those default patterns come up, when those default emotions come back up, it's because you really haven't changed those default patterns. And then you go back to, you know, eating the same way or, you know, you quit the working out and then you quit because you're like, oh, this just doesn't work for me. This isn't it. But the truth is it didn't work because you really didn't change who you were, didn't really change who you're becoming first. And like I said earlier, there's really no shortcut to real transformations. Let's keep it that same example. And let's just say that you are someone that like wants to lose 100 pounds. You have to become a completely different person in order for that to be successful for you. And just like the physical workout, it's like working out for your brain. And it's terrifying to go there. But it's terrifying in like the best possible way. And the same is true for inner work. It doesn't always feel amazing, but it's exactly what your mind and it's exactly what your body needs. But please don't get it twisted. Doing the inner work and toxic positivity are two completely different things. Like toxic positivity is like, you just saying, I'm going to ignore those big feelings or I'm going to ignore any other feelings other than like being happy and positive. And then like, you just want to be happy all the time. That's not the point at all. The point is to see how your thoughts are making you feel and how your feelings are making you take action and then deciding if that's like how you want to stay. So here's an example. Um, Let's just say... Like you're having some thoughts like, I think my kids should never fight like that. It's like embarrassing when I'm out in public. And and if I think that thought, I feel tense and I feel frustrated. Inner work will like push you to ask this to yourself. 
is this a thought that I want to keep? Is it realistic for me to feel good in this thought? And lastly, do I want to stay feeling frustrated and tense? So doing this work or like doing the inner work is less about someone else telling you what to think or to never think a certain way. But in coaching, it's more so like holding up a mirror, like me holding up a mirror to your mind and to your body and being like, is this what you want? I'm showing you what's in your mind. And then you get to decide, is this the way that you want to be showing up? Is this the way that you want to be thinking? And is this the way that you think is like really being helpful for you? Like, is this really serving you? And then you get to decide like whether you want to keep it or whether you want to change it. And having full understanding that you can change how you're thinking and then and or keep it and you can change how you're feeling, it's totally up to you. But by knowing that you can do that, it's so empowering. And then you can take it a step even further because, and this is where the inner work can get really fun because you realize that you're always just creating what's coming next for you. And if there is parts of your life that you feel like are freaking hot mess right now, like you can change them like right now and, or you can change them for the future. And I feel like this is where doing the inner work can get really fun and exciting because when you realize that you are really in control over everything going on in your life, it's like you get to create exactly the experience that you want. And you see that it's more about changing who you're becoming than it is of taking some different random action. Because once you change who you are being, the action automatically changes. I have been able to use this skill time and time again in my life by simply like looking at some of my thoughts and how they're contributing to how I feel and the actions that I'm taking. Sometimes I start backwards and I'm like, how do I want to feel? So if I want to feel confident and content and excited and joy, if I want to feel those thoughts, then I work backwards and I say, okay, what would I need to believe is true about myself? What would I need to think about myself in order to feel those feelings? And after having my second child, after having Ivy, I was just like really in this funky space and I've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, I felt like really, really out of control. I was really stressed and I was like wanting to get my body back in shape. And I was like wondering why it was so hard for me, not only getting my body back in shape, but just like why mothering felt really, really different. And I was like in a low grade depressive state for quite some time. So my daughter was born in February and then I ended up hiring my first coach in August or September. So it took me like six months to actually pull the trigger, but I was like thinking about it for a really, really long time. And once I learned the skills to change how I was thinking, thus changed how I was feeling, and then the actions that I was taking, I have felt so much more grounded, so much more connected, and truly obsessed with my life. And with the good, the bad, the ugly, like there, I feel like there's nothing that could be thrown at me that like I couldn't just handle with so much grace, knowing what I know now after you know learning this method and um, doing the inner work. And I can use the example of like losing my mom in April, April of 2021, where that was fucking gut wrenching. Like that gutted me for real. And I now know that that was a real big catalyst for me going even deeper into this work with myself to appreciate life in its most full, most bold, most outrageously joyful capacity and everything on the in-between because like that's what we deserve. We deserve. And I learned that I deserve 
everything that I desire. And this is something that I didn't even know was possible for me on the path that I was on previously. And so this is why I believe in doing the inner work so much. And it's because of the tools that I've learned. It's because of the tools that I use with my clients. It's because of the tools that I use on a daily basis that have made such an impact on my life. And I hope so much that this episode is your inspiration or it's your invitation to show you what is possible for you too by doing the inner work. And here's a takeaway that I want you to take away from this episode. And that is this, you can't be disappointed in the results that you're not getting from the work that you are not doing. It would be like being disappointed in the plant that didn't grow because you didn't water it and then you didn't put it in the sun. Even though you know what it takes for the plant to grow successfully, like you chose not to do that. The same is true for inner work. You know that it requires both the input that you're getting from listening to podcasts like this one and reading books or working in programs or working with a coach, but it also takes the implementation. It also takes the practice of doing the actual work. And this is why getting coached and having someone to help you see your brain can be so powerful. When I say see your brain, it means just like having someone actually help and point out to you some of the thought patterns that you're seeing and help see what's going on on the inside of your brain and on the inside of your body as well, because we all have blind spots. I know I've heard this reference like a bajillion times. I don't even know who the originator of this um, concept is, but it's like saying you can't read a label from the inside of the bottle or you can't see a picture from the inside of the frame. Sometimes it takes somebody on the outside to show you what's going on in the inside. And this is what it's like to have a coach, to have someone there to support you. And this is exactly what I do in my one-on-one coaching with my clients. And I feel like there's so much that you're leaving untouched in terms of your own potential when you're not doing this deeper work within yourself. And it's so interesting looking back on who I was two years ago and who I was even five years ago. Like I'm almost unrecognizable to myself. And doing this kind of work has been the best gift to myself. It has been the biggest blessing for pretty much every aspect in my life, like my relationship with my husband, how I show up as a mother for my two girls, how I show up in my work as a coach and a counselor. And I look at inner work like this. There is no other way to feel better, to feel more confident, to feel more alive, to create new and different results in your life than doing this inner work. There's no other way to do it. And this is why I'm so passionate about it because I know that these tools have such an impact on my life. And I wanna be able to share that with you. So there are a couple of ways for us to do that together. Right now, I'm working with mothers in a three-month or a six-month one-on-one coaching capacity. And I'm still offering... 60 minute strategy calls till the end of this year. And this is something that I don't normally offer, but I'm offering it to set up the end of your year 2022 and to like get you on your way to the best 2023 that you could possibly even imagine and more. All of the links to join either my six month, my three month, or my 60 minute strategy session are all found in the show notes below. And as always, I hope this episode inspires you to live confident like a mother. 
that's what I have for you this week, my friend. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of the week. And if you love this podcast episode, if you love this podcast, I am personally inviting you to work one-on-one with me for the rest of this year. Head over to my website, which is linked below for all the details and how to make this possible for you. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me this week. And I will see you next time. 